Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Failure Effect. My name is Wayu Amuli and I am your host. And if you're wondering, The Failure Effect is basically a show about reclaiming the word failure and turning it into success. Every week we speak to people from all walks of life who tell us their journey navigating failure and the lessons that they have learned from them. And they're here to share those stories with us. And on that note, I am really, really happy to have with us, I think this is a landmark moment. It's a very first pastor we have had on board. Uh, her name is Pastor Pauline Warabu. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. All right. Now, I have to say thank you so much for the courage to tell your story. I know you've been mentoring people, you know, through your own stories of failure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so thank you so much for making the time for us. Right. Now, just to give you a little context, you are a ca career administrator. Yes, I'm a career administrator. Mm -hmm. I've worked as a district officer. Right. I've also worked as an administrator. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. You're also a businesswoman. Yes, I'm a businesswoman. Uh -huh. You must have uh, seven channels of yeah. <laughs> income. Yes, income. Yeah, so that's uh -huh. my second one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and finally, you are a pastor at a JCC branch, the Ongata Rongai branch. Yes, I'm one of the pastors at okay. Jesus Celebration Center, Ongata mm -hmm. Rongai, mm -hmm. by the virtue of having been married to the senior pastor. Okay. But that does not make me an automatic pastor, but I'm a pastor. Okay, yeah. that is excellent. And you've been married 20 years? Yes, I've been married for 20 years. Wow. <laughs> you that That's a lot. That's a conversation all on its own, you know? <laughs> right. But anyway, so let's start right at the beginning because your first experience of failure, like your defining failing moment happened really early in your life, right? So let's talk about that. Uh, I want to start by saying that actually failure has made me who I am today mm -hmm. because my first... Uh, major failure. Of course, there were other small, small failures along the way, which I considered that as failure. It, it's debatable, but to me, I considered them as failure because I didn't know uh, that there were just no more things happening. But my first failure is when I sat for my KCSE. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the, I completed the exam, I had desired so much to go to the university. And I was hopeful, but there's a, a, a voice that told me that, uh, probably you will not make it to the university. And I started planning, if I don't make it to the university, what do I do? I remember talking to one of my cousins, I told her, uh, I've done my papers, I don't know whether I'll go to university, but I desire to. Yeah. So when the exam was out, I had a C plus. Maybe you can say C plus is not a bad grade. No, it's not a bad grade. <laughs> but uh, the cutoff for that year was a B minus. Right. And that means that I would not get an automatic admission mm -hmm. to go to the university. And by then, the parallel programs were not so common. And the private universities were also not common. I think there was DESTA or something like that. And then my parents would not afford me. Mm -hmm. Would not afford to take me to parallel program. So, and uh, the most hurting thing I had an in in mathematics, that was a real failure. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> I always say that I had a mathematical accident in high school. Oh, man. <laughs> so, um, I, I decided to, to repeat. Mm -hmm. But failing uh, at KCSE was a combination of so many factors. Yeah. Maybe you can allow me to talk about my early childhood. Sure. Uh, I grew up in Nyeri. I was born in Nyeri. I grew up Patri in Nyeri, Patri in Coast. And uh, when I growing up, uh, we had a lot of problems uh, going through school and the like. But my mother was like the backbone of our family. So she worked very hard. 
to ensure that we went to school. But along the way, she got depressed. Mm -hmm. And when she got, it was a clinical depression. That okay. means she had to be in and out of hospital. And uh, uh, we, are ten of, we are nine of us. We were ten, one passed away when I was not born. So we, were, we are nine of us now. And uh, I am among, among the last borns. So between me and the brother I follow, is a whole 10 years. That means when I was 10, he was already 20. Ah. So my mom got depressed when I was about 10 years. I was in class four, five. And uh, I have the siblings that follow me, twins that follow me. So I became like the firstborn because the rest had gone out of the, uh, our home to go and, uh, you know, grind out there. And I became like the mother because my mom now was in the hospital. My dad was living very far. So I would milk the cows, take oh. the milk to the dairy. I would do the coffee, you know, pick the coffee beans, take them to factory yeah. and all that. So I went through that a lot of challenge and I felt like my dad did not love me for one reason or the other. It's a story for another day. Mm -hmm. And so when I finished, uh, I completed class eight, after going all through that, uh, the school that I was admitted, my dad could not take me. He literally refused to take me to school and sent me to my sister's place uh, in Shimba Hills. Okay. To go and my, my, my sister was a teacher. Mm -hmm. So he was like, uh, your sister can take you to school. So that school, I didn't like the school. I felt like I had failed because I didn't join the school I wanted. Mm -hmm. So you can see all that culminated to the ultimate failure yeah, yeah. in Form 4. Mm -hmm. uh, but I decided I'm not going to sit down because it was really, I actually went through depression uh -huh. and uh, anxiety disorder in high school because of these many issues mm -hmm. that I had gone through as a child. And I was trying to be strong and, and all that, be there for my mother. So uh, after Form 4, and then I decided, no, I need to take myself back to school because mm -hmm. my dad was not going to pay a second sitting. Yeah. If he could not take me through high school, he could not take me through the second sitting. So you know what I did? I talked to one of my sisters. She didn't have money, but she decided to support me with the little she had. Mm -hmm. I went to Mtumba. I bought a skirt, a blouse, and a, and a sweater. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> And mm -hmm. I took myself back to school. Wow. To a day school in Nyeri. I had gone back to Nyeri. Mm -hmm. And I told the headmaster, God bless that man. Yeah. He really supported me. I told him I'm here to repeat. I got a C plus and I wanted to go to the university. Mm -hmm. So uh, he agreed and I enrolled in school. But along the way, I don't know whether I can talk about this now. Along the way, remember I was not getting along with my dad. Mm -hmm. And my dad felt like I should not have repeated. And so he was not supportive. Okay. But I remember there's a time I was given school fees by one of my other sister. It, it was little money, I, I think 2000 but it, it meant a lot. Yeah. And she just, he just drank the money. Oh, no. <laughs> it, he didn't pay the school fees. And when oh. I asked him about it, he actually told me that I will amount to nothing. I was wasting time. Oh. And he said, uh, you know, if you, I don't know, it's hard even to say it on camera, but he said, mm -hmm. if you ever amount to anything, my uncle had um, a bar. Mm -hmm. And he told me, if you ever amount to something, then your uncle can employ you as a barmaid. 
And if that does not work for you, then you can be a prostitute. Just oh. like that, I was like, I had not even reached 18 years. Yeah. Because I repeated when I was 17 years. Mm -hmm. To me, it cut me into pieces. Yeah. And I felt like I was not good enough for anything. Mm -hmm. And I was in school. And I remember it was a, a huge fight. Because after that, uh, my dad uh, got a sweater for me. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I was still, I think now we were in second term, actually the holiday, the holiday, the August holiday. Mm -hmm. And then we were remaining with just one term. We, we do our exams. Now I have, I have repeated. Yeah. So that August we had uh, tuitions at school. Mm -hmm. And remember it's a day school. So I'm just commuting from home to school. And my dad came to school and told me that um, I've gotten a friend of mine who works in Nairobi. He's, uh, he's been working for long. And he said he can uh, make arrangements for you to join a teaching college. There's mm -hmm. a teaching college in, in Nairobi. Mm -hmm. And then I said, uh, but daddy, uh, no needs because I'm already repeated. And as I told you, I want to go to the university. So allow me to sit for the exams. And then as we wait for the exams to, to, go, to, to come out, and remember those days, you would stay, in, uh, you'd stay for two years yeah. before you joined campus. Mm -hmm. True, true. <laughs> it was yeah. a long wait. Yeah. So I told him there's a whole two years difference. And the teacher's college just takes two years also. Mm -hmm. So I can join the teacher's college after I have sat for my KCSE mm -hmm. as I wait to see which is the way forward. Mm -hmm. But my dad was not very happy. It, it was a, becoming dramatic. But uh, one of the teachers intervened and asked my father to go home because this was a family issue, and then we can speak it at home. So in the evening when I went back home, uh, my dad was still very angry, and he, you know, uh, brought the issue back, and he said, you know what, um, I'm trying my best to ensure that you have a good life, and you're disobeying me, and uh, you should not go back to school. But uh, I think my mother knew what was happening, Mm -hmm. So we had this kitchen. It's a fire. I, I wish I took a photo of that kitchen before I brought it down. Mm -hmm. Okay. We had a kitchen made of timber and it had these big uh, spaces in between the timbers. Mm -hmm. And I saw my mom. She had recovered and by that time and she was on medication but, uh, you know, functioning very well. And she told me, don't agree. Your mother, your dad wants to marry you off. He has already gotten a suitor for you. So I refused. Uh-huh to, you know, go to Nairobi. And my father just uh, denounced me and told me, you're not my daughter. Uh, and he talked a few other things that, uh, you know, I have been working very far from home. And to me, you remind me of some pains. I don't know which pains were those. Mm -hmm. I have never known until today. Uh, but I understand uh, the, the sibling that died was just ahead of me and was called like me. And there were issues about that child. So when I was born and renamed the same names, there were also issues. <laughs> wow. uh, but uh, to cut the long story short, uh, I told my dad, for the first time I spoke my vision, I told my dad, because uh, there was so much that was running in my head. I didn't like anything in my family apart from my mother and my siblings. I didn't like our house because it didn't look good like the neighbors. And I didn't like the fact that I could not even get school uniform 
or shoes. I remember I had to do vibaruas to buy my first shoe in high school. Because uh, when I was joining, I went with torn shoes and it was funny. And I had gone through a lot of, uh, you know, uh, ridicule by the fact that my mom was getting depressed, you know, and the fact that we had issues. So I told my dad, you know what? There's one thing I want to do. I want to go to the university so that I can get a good job. And when I get a good job, I will build you people a permanent house. Because I really, like I really wanted to see ourselves in a stone house with good floor, mm -hmm. like the kids, uh, other kids of the teachers, especially those ones who came from the family of the teachers. They Indeed. were they were living well. Yeah. And my dad told me you cannot do that because mm -hmm. you are not the the best child in this family. You're not clever than your sisters. They were clever and they never went to university. So I don't think anyone can go to university in this family. So the whole issue of, again, feeling like I'm not good enough mm -hmm. came back. And my dad told me, uh, you can do whatever you want because you have refused my advice, but I don't think you'll ever go to university. But if you manage to go by any f means, please don't help me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, never help me. So my, my mom intervened and she was like, no, 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 no. I don't talk like that to a child. Yeah. Let her dreams come alive yeah. as we go along because God is great. You never know. And my dad changed the story. He said, you know what? Uh, you know, we are old. I think that time he was about 68. They are about, we are old. We are dying. By the time she finishes university, we may never be alive. And my mom said categorically, I'm not dying. <laughs> like, yes. hell no. Mm -hmm. If this child wants to do a few developments in this house and in this family, I will wait. I'll not die. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and sadly, uh, my, my father passed away when I was in the university, sadly. Oh, but I managed, noises, yeah. after all that drama, I sat for KCSE yeah. and I ran away from home because ah. I really didn't know what to do. Uh, I had completely fell out with my dad. And I mentioned to you that I was suffering from anxiety disorder in high mm -hmm. school and some kind of depression. Yeah. And because of that... Uh, I became very paranoid. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was gonna, you know, I was going to die at some point. So in high school, I think in form two, I had gotten born again, mm -hmm. preparing to die. Okay. <laughs> so that was another reason why we fell out with my father because my father did not entertain mm. this thing of saying you are born again, you are saved, right. and all that. Mm -hmm. So that's why I ran away from home because I felt I have finished form four. My dad has a sweater for me, and I go to a different church. So I went to my sister's place. And when the exam came out, I had gotten a B. Wow. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. <laughs> and I didn't have an E in mathematics. What did you have this time? <laughs> I had a D plus. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is the whole it's, definition of things, you know? It's, it's, it's good. Yes. It's far much better than an E. Yes. And uh, one of the miracles that happened, uh, because this was a... A, a day school, mm -hmm. I would say a village school, um, by the fact that I passed very well, mm -hmm. the school was very happy. The school administration was very happy. They went looking for my dad. Mm -hmm. 
And actually, they really entertained him that day. He was bought beer. Wow. He came home drunk, <laughs> you know, singing about my daughter. My daughter has passed. <laughs> For the first time, I, came daddy's, I became daddy's girl. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we became very good friends, apparently, after that. Oh, that's uh, good. Yes. Uh -huh. We became very good friends. Uh, even when I was joining the uh, University of Nairobi, uh -huh. my dad had to come for my letter of admission. It didn't go through the postal, the postal address. He personally, he had friends. He mm -hmm. personally went for the letter. Wow. And so we became very good friends. Unfortunately, uh, he died when I was yeah. in second year. Mm -hmm. And he never lived to enjoy the fruits of my labor as he prophesied upon himself. Right. But my mommy made it. I, I, I constructed a good house for her. Mm -hmm. She's living well, okay. I, I can say. That is excellent. And also you, I mean, considering the fact that your first failure was in education, but right now you're well on your way. You're determined to get what sort of advanced degree are we talking about? Actually, I I got a first class honors Congratulations. Uh, in the university mm -hmm. and I got a scholarship to do my master's. Yes. So I hold a master's degree. Mm -hmm. from University of Nairobi. Right. Yeah. Are you going to be heading off towards PhD territory? <laughs> I'm still thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So I think at this point, before we continue with the rest of your story, there are two things here. Um, first of all, dealing with uh, depression and anxiety disorder. You can see it from the perspective of a teenager. But I'd like you, do you have any words of advice for parents whose children are in that situation? Like, had you had the right parenting, what would you have wanted your parents to do for you at that point in time that you think other parents can benefit from, you know, hearing? Uh, first of all, I'd say that um, when, when you have uh, mental issues with teenagers, mm -hmm. it's quite complicated because most of the parents will always... Uh, mistake this for the adolescence, the puberty stage. Yeah. And I remember in high school, as I said, I was living with my sister. And when I started having those anxiety, panic disorder issues, uh, because my sister was teaching in the same school, I remember she recommended that I go and see the guiding and counseling teacher. Right. Because they thought, uh, maybe I don't want to go to school, mm -hmm. or I have other personal issues. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, uh, what I would advise is work with your child. Okay. And for me, I don't, I, I don't really blame my parents uh, because I think that was a different generation. Mm -hmm. And given that my mother was suffering from depression, she had yeah. gone through a lot. Yeah. And the stigma mm -hmm. that was attached to depression those days. Yeah. We never even called it depression. I remember going to school. I didn't know what my mother was suffering from because we woke up one day and she was just making noise, quarreling everyone. And we thought we have made our, our mother upset. Mm -hmm. But when I went to school, I remember one of uh, kids telling me, you know, your mom is mad. Oh. <laughs> and, oh. And, and, and because of that stigma, People never used to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But currently, as a parent of, a, of almost a 20-year-old daughter, one of the things I have learned is to be able to speak to your children, yeah. to be able to, to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, like me, I, I really didn't have conversations with my parents. Okay. I think because I was almost a last born, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I could not sit, even with my mother, we didn't have those conversations that we could talk one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. And because of the hardships we were going through, even getting small things like pads and what, yeah. you ask for it and it's like, Nivita. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no money. Yeah. You try. Mm -hmm. 
So I would advise parents to ensure that they seek help. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not able to talk to your child, ensure there are so many practitioners nowadays. Mm -hmm. Ensure that you enroll your child to somebody who can work with them mm -hmm. and uh, speak to them. Okay. And I've been doing that. Um, I'm not a psychologist, but I've been listening to so many young people, especially in the church setup, who just, I, I run an open door kind of uh, an office mm -hmm. and you can, they can just pop in and they just talk to me. Yeah. I understand the value of that because I didn't get it when I was growing up. Okay. Yeah. My second question is because, and we see this every year, end of year when KCSE results are announced mm -hmm. and everyone's busy celebrating the A students and, you know, the top students in the country. And we forget that the vast majority, I mean, what it's about 1% that gets that A that lands them in a newspaper yeah. or in the media. But then there's the other 99%. <laughs> That are feeling like this is the end, you know, without this KCSE score, yeah. they're not going to make it to uni, they're not going to, so how do you, what sort of mind frame would you encourage them to get into so that they can continue with life? Because I honestly think that your KCSE result does not define who you are, but in this country we have made it a definition. So Very, very true. Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing that uh, people should know is uh, it is important to dream. When you have your dream and your vision, it guides you to the person you want to be. Mm -hmm. Not all of us who can be doctors, not all of us who can be engineers, we grew up being told, what do you want to be? And if you said you want to be like a YouTuber, mm -hmm. yes, yes. <laughs> you know, my son told me you want to be a YouTuber. It's a good career. Yeah, another one wants to be, uh, <laughs> the other one wants to be a footballer. And okay. I'm telling you, I'm supporting them yes. to be that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I en enrolled my, my son to a high school where they have a football club yeah. uh, academy. Mm -hmm. And the other one, I, 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 I ensure that he's doing coding and all that mm -hmm. because that is what he wants to be. Yeah. So it is important for parents not to push their kids as per the society expectations. Okay. Talk to them, know what do they want to be. Mm -hmm. Of course, at that age, they may not be so much uh, focused on what they want to be, but you can allow them to have the different choices they have, yeah. and you mentor them towards that. Mm -hmm. Now, if you didn't get an A, uh, you know, I also never got an A. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you never got an A, if you never went to national school, for us, we were focusing on going to national schools, yes, yes. which were very few. Yes. Eh? Loreto, yes. Limuru, yes, Alliance. Alliance. Yeah. <laughs> that one always comes up. <laughs> and would feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> we, and maybe out of that 700 marks, you have 390. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's hope. Yeah. Just get to know what you want to to be mm -hmm. and start small mm -hmm. you know you can be whatever you you wanted to be if you wanted to be an engineer and you got a c plus you can be an engineer mm -hmm. or even if you got a c you can be yeah. you start by doing a certificate or a diploma and you know you 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 focus on that and then progressively you'll get to where you are and that's exactly what i did mm -hmm. i wanted to go to the university my first attempt i could not so I accepted that um, I did not get the marks mm -hmm. that I needed, but I had another opportunity. So yeah. it's good to explore the opportunities that can lead you to who you want to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now let's get back to your <laughs> journey, right? So you end up at uh, the University of Nairobi. Uh-huh. Then what happened? <laughs> I think I cannot. So I, there's no much that was happening in the university apart from the usual usual kind of stuff mm -hmm. of course coming from uh, 
poor background. I really suffered a lot in the yeah. university. Yeah. But I made it with a first class honor. Mm -hmm. And the failure that I had experienced in uh, Form 4, mm -hmm. now I saw the purpose of it. Because anything that happens in your life, it has a purpose. If you look at it keenly, whether it's good or bad, mm -hmm. it leads to a purpose. Yeah. And that's why being a Christian, my Bible tells me that everything worketh for good. Yes. So that C plus I got and an E in mathematics ensured that I repeated and I did my KCSC the following year and I went to the university. Mm -hmm. So that's how I met my husband because uh -huh. he was struck the year that I repeated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. So we met in the university, mission ground, because, uh, you know, I was this fiery for Jesus. Uh -huh. I would go for missions and he would go for missions. Mm -hmm. So we started dating in the university and immediately after university, we got married. Okay. But for me, when I was looking for uh, somebody to marry, to get married to, I was focusing on um, kind of a career, a professional person. Okay. Because what I didn't say about my, ma my father, even with all that drama, he was very committed to his church. Mm -hmm. And he was a catechist. He would teach people catechism. Okay. And to me, I grew up, I didn't want to grow up in a preacher's house mm -hmm. though, because of what I had gone through with yeah. my father. So I yeah. didn't want to get married to a pastor or something. Mm -hmm. So I looked for somebody who did not look like a pastor. <laughs> Which because my, my, my husband was uh, <laughs> was pursuing a Bachelor of Commerce yeah. at, uh, in Lower Kabete. Uh -huh. So I, I knew I was in safe hands. And mm -hmm. even when we were getting married, that was one of the agreements that, you know, uh, none of us will ever be a pastor. Okay, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, before I talk about uh, him being a pastor, I think I go to the second failure. Yeah. So here we are married. Uh, we're from university. We get very good jobs. Okay, first, uh, first uh, we didn't get very good jobs. We got these internship go uh, jobs. He was an intern with an international NGO. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was teaching. Okay. I, I went for a UT. Thank yeah. God, those days, DSE was not chasing people like today. Yes. So I got a UT job in Mombasa, and him was working in West Pocot uh -huh. as an intern, as a, an accountant. Intern. What a way to start a new marriage. Like yes. <laughs> the distance was huge. Uh-huh. And uh, after his internship, uh, he was uh, absorbed by the organization and now he got a good salary. Uh, we had already welcomed our first, uh, our firstborn mm -hmm. and um, life was good, still commuting from, I mean, we, we were operating from West Pokot and Mombasa. Uh -huh. uh, and then uh, after he was confirmed, uh, he was transferred to Homabi. That was also very far. I... But at least we had this uh, good money, I would say. Yeah. We were able to buy our first car. It wow. was it was good. Yes, yes. Wait, <laughs> what year is this that we're talking about? Yeah. What year? This uh, was uh, around uh, 2004. Okay, excellent. 2004. Mm -hmm. So 2004, we are driving. Mm -hmm. And then we agree, uh, because I, 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 a friend of mine tells me, University of Nairobi, they're offering scholarships to people who got first class honors. Yeah. So I apply for the scholarship mm -hmm. and I get it. I'm admitted. Mm -hmm. So I end up resigning from my job mm -hmm. and his salary would take care of us. Mm -hmm. Then when I joined master's, uh, master's program, mm -hmm. he was transferred to mm -hmm. Tana River. So the family now, yeah. <laughs> right now we were living in Homa Bay because when I left job to join my master's ah. level, 
the family moved to Homabi where he was working. Right. You, yeah. you get. Yeah. Then yeah. he's transferred to Tana River. Again, we move yeah. to Tana River. Uh-huh. And uh, he's doing well, you know, meeting his targets, being one of the best accountants. Actually, that year he had been uh, one of the best accountants the organization had. Uh-huh. But along the way, something happens from the station where he came from, Homabi. Uh-huh. I think uh, in his handover report, there are some irregularities the boss had done. Mm -hmm. And he did not include it because, you know, we are Africans, we have to cover each other. Cover each other's (laughs) shame. This is true. Uh (laughs) And then the whole thing is unearthed later. So the whole Mm -hmm. management was sent packing, irrespective of the fact that he was one of the best accountants at at that particular time. So this is, um, he's been sent away at the Turner River station for something that happened in Homer Bay. Precisely. Uh Remember, I'm not working. I'm doing my master's. Yeah. So that one threw us off balance completely. Yeah. He had taken a loan uh, to buy the car. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. As you do. And yeah, that's how we do. Yes. And you know, we want this good life, soft life. Yeah. (laughs) Uh So we have no income. We are living in a rented house. And that end of the month, because he was fired around... uh, I think around the 20th, uh, 20th. So we thought at the end of the month, at least, you know, you know, we know the HR yeah. regulations. Yes. After you have worked more than 15 days, you should get your full salary. Yeah. So for us, we are hopeful for our salary. Then we say, maybe once we get the money, we can move to a smaller house mm-hmm. and all that and see how life can be. Mm-hmm. But shock on us, we checked on the ATM. We checked. Nothing. There's no money. Because summary dismissal. Not because it's a summary dismissal, because mm. he has a sack alone. So oh. all his gratuity for that, yeah, all his uh, everything, salary and all the allowances, yeah, they were sent to offset the loan, Ooh. and it was not even enough to offset the sack alone. And you know, with sack alone, yeah. you are guarantors, huh? Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. So we start getting calls, of course. <laughs> No, please, settle you alone. You're being harassed. Yes. But uh, because we have a car, we decided uh, let's operate a taxi. Mm -hmm. But it didn't have a PSV. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we couldn't imagine, you know, you you can't waste money. So you can't go for a PSV when you have no money. Yeah. And uh, along the way, we are chased from our house. But fortunately, my father-in-law had a house in Malindi where we were living because, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't stay in Tana River because yeah. of the insecurity. Yeah. So we were operating from Malindi. So mm-hmm. we were given a, a, a one-bedroom mm-hmm. by my father-in-law. That was very considerate of him. Free yeah. of charge, we were not paying any rent. Mm-hmm. So we move in there. And uh, we give our vehicle to, our car to somebody to operate a taxi. Mm-hmm. But this person is conning us. Of course. We are not <laughs> getting any money. Yeah. He says, Hakuna uh, wateja. Yeah. Spare parts. And, uh, spare parts. Yeah. And because it was an old car, it was a second hard used car, uh-huh. locally used. Yeah. It was breaking down many times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the hassle. Mm-hmm. So we have no income. We have nothing. Um, at one point, we were auctioned. Ah. Uh, some of our, our fridge. A few items were just removed from the house mm-hmm. in the view of everyone. And you see, the house that... Uh, our father-in-law gave us. They were rental houses. So there were other people who were living there. Yeah. So we have a car. Our house is well furnished. Because we have, a, you know, we were living soft life before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we look rich yeah. from outside. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then you are auctioned. Yeah. Yeah. Daytime, like everybody is seeing. So mm-hmm. things were carried 
mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. So we stayed in Malindi for some time. I dropped out of my master's okay. class because I could not continue. I couldn't be able to take care of the family mm-hmm. and the stress levels were very high. Yeah. We were being given a stipend. I remember 6,500. I mm-hmm. felt I could not pay my rent in Nairobi with the same amount mm-hmm. and then take care of the family. Mm-hmm. So I quietly had done the classes. So I was about to do the project. So I quietly just uh, abandoned my master's program. Oh. And then we could not take care of our daughter. This was very, quite, yeah. very, very painful. I'm so sorry. So we asked my sister to take care of our daughter because okay. many times we'd sleep hungry. Mm-hmm. And we were total failures, and people were wondering, you've gone to the university, two, three, you know, two degrees. Yeah. And you don't have anything to eat with a car. Yeah. Would it have and been easier to sell the car? We, we didn't think about selling the car, <laughs> okay. number one. Number mm-hmm. two, I think the whole issue of uh, when you're going through a rough patch, yeah. accepting is very hard. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to maintain our status quo. We go uh-huh. to church, we look normal people. Yeah. We don't want to accept accept that we are going through problems. So we never sold the car, even when we could not service the car, Mm -hmm. when we could not repair the car, we just Mm -hmm. packed it. Okay. (laughs) And then we gave out our our daughter to my sister, who took care of her. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time we went to see her. This was like after six months now. We went to see our daughter in Kuala, Mm -hmm. because my sister was teaching in Kuala. And when we got there, our daughter was about uh, two and a half years, Mm -hmm. or thereabout. She had completely forgotten about us. And um, when she saw us, because my sisters, my nieces, uh, you know, were like, oh, Aunt Pauline, Uncle Peter, they mm-hmm. have come. Yeah. So she also came, you know, calling uh, the dad, Uncle Peter. She oh. came, Uncle Peter. And we cried. Yeah. That was a breaking point. Like, we have sunk this low. We cannot take care of our child. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Kind of, we decided to pick our daughter that day. Yeah. We said, if we are dying... We all said, we are going together, the <laughs> three of us. Remember, we were yeah. in Malindi, and yeah. you understand what is happening in Malindi, so yes. we would fast also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. this was not something that we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So after that, uh, my, my, I, I, my, I asked my sister to hook me up as a UT in the school where she was teaching. Mm-hmm. So I moved in as a CRE teacher okay. uh, in Kuala. Mm-hmm. And my husband was still jobless, but I also told him, you know what, get yourself a job mm-hmm. as, a, as a teacher. So as he was looking for a job as a, uh, as a teacher, he was told that uh, there was a certain Islamic school. One of the ladies had gone on maternity mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he was told, you can hold a brief for this lady. Yeah. So... Akaingia too started teaching, I think uh, it was a high school. Mm-hmm. He had a high school and a primary. So he started uh, teaching at the high school. And then after like a month or so, uh, Madam came back. So mm-hmm. he was told we will transfer you to primary section mm-hmm. because uh, the other teacher has come. Uh, unfortunately, there was a teacher at the primary section who had gotten an accident and broke his leg. Uh-huh. She was told, I don't know whether this is good news or bad news, but we have a um, teacher who cannot report to, ju- to duty because mm-hmm. uh, he has a broken leg. So you'll also hold a brief. Okay. So he went now to, I think, class three or so. <laughs> what was he teaching? 
<laughs> you know, class three, you teach everything. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well, this is true. <laughs> uh-huh. So it was hard for him. Yeah. Because, you know, this is not something that he's used to. At least uh, high school, Yeah. you can understand. Yeah. So he taught for some time. And then after that, of course, uh, the other teacher recovered. Mm-hmm. And so he was fired now. Oh. Uh, not really fired. But yeah. you see, he was holding brief for somebody. So yeah. he got a letter. Yeah. And the letter was in really bad grammar. Like, you know, madam yeah. went to maternity, came back, teacher yeah. broke leg. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. So he, again, he was jobless. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he stuck for a few months without a job. Then one day he was told there was a job somewhere uh, with an organization that was dealing with uh, parking services mm-hmm. in Mombasa. Okay. So he applied mm-hmm. and got the job. As an accountant? As an accountant. Okay. And this was a company that was starting. Mm-hmm. So he was given uh, not a very good, half of the salary he was earning at the NGO. Yeah. But we didn't have a choice. It was better than the primary school. Yeah. Uh, so he started the company from scratch. They told him, you know, if you grow up, this company will be able to pay you better salary. So he worked himself tirelessly, putting in uh, the structures for the company, and he did extremely very well. Mm-hmm. And after some time, because they were collecting some good money, parking now in Mombasa town, in terms of millions every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, he reminded the employer, you said if uh, we do some amazing job, you will increase my salary. Mm-hmm. But the salary was not increased. And there's one time uh, after working like for a year, this was now year 2007. Mm-hmm. After working for like an year, uh, um, he actually reminded them again about the salary increase, but it was not given. So his sister was getting married. So he asked for a uh, 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 two weeks leave mm-hmm. to go and prepare the wedding for mm-hmm. her sister. He was granted. Mm-hmm. Remember, people were paying parking cash. Yeah. So when he was on leave, um, somebody was supposed to bank the money. Mm-hmm. They actually banked uh, into their personal bank. I don't know where they banked, but they <laughs> okay. had a, a banking a banking slip. Yeah. And my husband had no way of getting to know whether it it was banked or not. Yeah. Apart from the evidence, yes. you asked for the bank slip because he didn't have the back end yeah. of the pro- procedure. Yeah. It was being reflected in the head office. Yes. So he had no way of knowing whether this one was from the bank statements. Mm-hmm. But from the head office, mm-hmm. they were actually following up yeah. to see whether something has been banked. Mm-hmm. So that day when he was uh, on leave, the money was not banked, but a banking slip was produced. Uh-huh. So he did his reconciliation, his report, and sent to Nairobi headquarters. Six months after that, he was called. He was told, on this day, there was an amount of money, about uh, 600000 mm-hmm. that was not banked. Then he's like, no, I have all the slips. Mm-hmm. Then he produces the evidence, the slip he had. And for once, he noted that slip did not have a stamp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <coughs> so he inquired from the person who had banked, and the person said, no. You know that day the systems were down, so I was given this slip and asked to come back, but they took the money. But I didn't follow up. But the truth of the matter, that money had not been banked. Yeah. So they both were sent on compulsory leave, the mm-hmm. person who had banked the money, and my husband, because he was a supervisor. Yeah. And you know these small, small companies, yeah. uh, you know when you're asking for a 
pay increase. So that's how he was fired from the other company. Oh. So again, he's no jobless. Yeah. But this time around, I have secured uh, a job as a deal. Okay. But the money is not enough for yeah. us. And I have gone back to do my master's. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I worked in the field for a very short time. Mm -hmm. I asked for to be transferred to the ministries mm -hmm. because of I was doing my master's. I needed to be in Nairobi. Yeah. So the money is not enough. I think it was around 18,000. That was gross salary. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, which was better than nothing. Yeah. But I still needed his salary. Mm -hmm. This time we are expecting our second born and we had stayed for like uh, six years mm -hmm. without us a, a child. Because, yeah. you know, we had a f our first born, mm -hmm. but it was not intentional. The six years was not intentional. Yeah. Uh, that's a story for another day. Uh -huh. So we are here. He is now jobless. We have prayed for a child. We are expecting, mm -hmm. but he has no job. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm thinking, how do I take care of mm -hmm. all this? But before he was fired, actually, when we realized that we were expectant, and before he was fired, mm -hmm. he had taken a loan okay. to open a business. Mm -hmm. So he says, even though I'm fired, then I will work uh, in my business. We had opened a butchery in uh, Mombasa. Mm -hmm. So he was operating a butchery and we had employed one person. So he's out there hustling for meat, you know, getting cows to slaughter and mm -hmm. leaving somebody. So this guy was stealing from us. Oh, business yeah. is hard. Yeah, huh? it's hard. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we could not sustain the business. You realize that, uh, you know, before we even recover the expenses, you know, we cannot sustain that. And something also funny happened. Uh, we were getting very crazy power bills. Uh, because this, uh, this is from the butchery. This is from the butchery, but there yeah. were other shops. Oh. So then we realized that uh, the landlady had connected all the power from our meter. So you can imagine those crazy bills together with the money is being stolen. Then we could not break even in that e business. Uh -huh. So the business collapsed. Yeah. We actually sold everything that was there. Mm -hmm. And you know, you do it at a throwaway price. Yeah. I, I remember once we, when we closed the business, because my husband had a house in Mombasa, we took all the equipment and everything else we put in his house. Mm -hmm. And then we, we could not pay, I could not afford to pay rent in two houses, in Nairobi and in, in Mombasa. Yeah. So he was thrown out again. Oh. And we had these big chillers yeah. and fridges and freezers. Mm -hmm. So he had to sell them as scrap metal. Oh, my goodness. And that's how we left Mombasa. Yeah. And he joined me in Nairobi, uh, okay. jobless, mm -hmm. and me having a job that would not sustain us. Okay. And once that, when that business collapsed, it was so bad mm -hmm. because this time around now we had CRB. Uh, he had taken a loan. He cannot service the loan. Yeah. It was an uh, secured uh, personal loan. So mm -hmm. at least we didn't have guarantors yeah. to follow us. But we had, uh, what are these people called? The ones that uh, debt managers, collection managers. Yeah. So we had this debt collection managers calling us, calling all our numbers. And uh, so it was crazy. So he was taken to CRB. Okay. He was among the very first people in this country. To be listed. To be listed. Yeah. Uh, but that failure taught us something because when we were going through this second phase of failure, uh, we didn't have friends. Yeah. It's not like before. 
-hmm. We really didn't have friends. So we come in Nairobi, we survive, we stay another one year. Now it becomes chaotic because now people are now started to, families starting to investigate mm -hmm. exactly why can't this person sustain this business yeah. and friends. Mm -hmm. People I'm thinking maybe uh, this Kikuyu woman is demanding too much. Mm -hmm. Maybe the husband is stealing to sustain, you know, this woman yeah. and all that. Yeah. So there were a bit of uh, push and pull. Mm -hmm from friends and relatives and people thinking maybe bad omen. So we were given all these kinds of uh, advice. And mm -hmm. at that particular point, you are very vulnerable. Yeah. We are told, go to these people to pray for you, do this, and akwamganga, fanya hivi, so many things. But uh, for us, we ask God to let us know mm -hmm. the lessons that we need to learn yeah. from there. Yeah. Because as I said, everything that you go through, it has a purpose. Mm -hmm. And my husband was like, uh, yes, we are going through this rough patch, but we need to know the purpose. Yeah. So my sec our second born was born when he didn't have a job. Yeah. And we didn't even have enough money to pay for our hospital bills. Mm -hmm. But God made a way. Mm -hmm. um, we ended up going for CS which was an emergency CS, and I didn't have money for that. Mm -hmm. But the hospital I went, uh, funny enough, they were piloting an HIF cover. Okay. So being a, having being a, an administrator with the government then, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was treated for free. Wow. <laughs> I mean, see God, wow. <laughs> so after like uh, one year without a job, he later secured a job where he works, a very good job, okay. actually. Mm -hmm. He still works there? Yeah, he still works okay. there. All so right. that's how we came to Nairobi okay. fully. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, when we went through that, he kept on saying that God has spoken to him concerning many things. And I remember once when he was still, uh, when he got that job and it was amazing, mm -hmm. we were able to rebuild ourselves very fast. Yeah. And uh, he, we were able to pay the loan. Mm -hmm. He was still in CRB. We had not yeah. paid the loan. So we were able to, you know, save with the circle, take the circle loan. Because, you know, with the circle, the good thing with circle, I think they never used to list people in CRB. I don't know now. Mm -hmm. So he was able to take a loan from the circle, pay the bank loan, and we were able to stabilize. And yeah. with time, we were able to build a house for ourselves and all that, mm -hmm. buy a car, and now we were living well. Mm -hmm. Serving God because, you know, we are born again. So yeah. we will do a lot of mentorship, mm -hmm. stand with the youth. Mm -hmm. And then one time our daughter was very sick. Um, she had something to do with TB, meningitis, and we didn't know whether she's going to recover. And it is at that particular time, uh, that's what he tells me. He told God, I know you want me to go into, you know, pastorship and all that so it, at this point i just i, I really want to laugh because uh, <laughs> this looks so dramatic <laughs> no but also you spent your life running away from being married to a pastor and here we are so yes. i'm very curious to hear this next phase of the journey so. yes uh-huh uh, so so he started talking stuff yeah but I didn't take him serious yeah. uh, because, you know, when you have a very sick child, mm -hmm. you don't know whether he's going to recover. Yeah. Uh, you know, she moved from being this bubbly yeah. young girl mm -hmm. to a child with uh, special needs because uh, she had uh, had some brain uh, damage. And okay. that means she could not talk, she could not walk. 
there are many things that she could not do for herself. Wow. We had to, she had to start life again. Is this your oldest? Or yeah, my, uh, my eldest. Okay. So the recovery period was quite uh, tough. Mm-hmm. We have the money, we have ev- everything now. Yeah. We're not struggling, but we're struggling with sickness. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, people started speaking. Yeah. So now from issues of work, not getting a job, misfortunates, uh, having trouble getting a child, yeah. to now their child is at the verge of dying. Because yeah. I think, I'm sorry to say this, there were people who were expecting bad news. Oh because my. it was crazy. Okay. It was crazy. I remember I just left work. Yeah. I didn't go back. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even explain to my empl- employer. Yeah. Thank God I had a very good employer. It mm-hmm. was very stressful for me. Of course. But uh, it was a long, long walk, but she finally uh, recovered fully. Now she's doing engineering in KU, by the way. Wow. <laughs> she recovered completely. My goodness. That is amazing. Uh, but that one yeah. did something to my husband. So I remember uh, after a few years, Two or so years, uh, he became very close to God, to ministry where we were serving in the church. Mm-hmm. He would help a lot. He was yeah. this generous person. Oh, somebody has no school fees. He'd step in mm-hmm. to assist. Then one time, uh, we went for holiday uh, in coast. We're mm-hmm. living well, soft life. Yeah. Both of us. <laughs> now I have moved from the main government. I'm also working for... For a good organization. So mm-hmm. both our salaries are good. Yeah. Like what yeah. Kenyans would love to, yeah. you know. Yeah. So we go for this holiday. Uh, we have taken up some of those people we were mentoring and we were fan- we were sponsoring. So we go for holiday and my husband says, you guys eat whatever you want, celebrate, because uh, we will have to fast in January. So we are asking, why fast? Uh-huh. He says, uh, there's something I'm trusting God, and all of us have to be part of this. So we finalize with the, we, we, with the holiday. We come back to Nairobi. And I'm supposed to, where I was working, uh, I was supposed to go for a paramilitary course mm-hmm. for, I think, three months, three, four months paramilitary course. Okay. So the day, uh, two days before I went for the paramilitary course, my husband started saying about, we were walking uh, in town and we passed through those shops that sell equipment, yeah. you know, in River Road. Yeah. And says, I need to buy speakers. So I'm asking, speakers for what? <laughs> like, why do we need speakers? <laughs> then he keeps quiet. He doesn't tell me about it. He says, oh, you know, not I can donate them to mm-hmm. someone. And because I had seen him donate equipment to churches, to me, it was just okay. Yeah. Then we were living in Buruburu then. Then we passed through Buruburu and then he said, um, uh, there's a new mall. I want to see whether there's a hall. Then I asked him, hall for what? So <laughs> <laughs> then he says, never mind. Uh-huh. So we go home and when we go home, he tells me, um, our spiritual father, Pastor Lai, is having a meeting in Nakuru. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to go. And because we are very religious, we're born again, and we, we love our spiritual father. To me, mm-hmm. I was so happy. I said, let's go. Mm-hmm. So we go to Nakuru. And unknown to me, he has booked an appointment to see uh, Pastor Lai. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we go see Pastor Lai in his hotel. And uh, I'm so excited. And we have other bishops in that hotel. One of the bishops uh, there is the one who officiated our marriage our wedding mm-hmm. so i'm so happy to see these people after a very long time and you know these are people you want to brush shoulders with yeah 
So we go to see Pastor Lai and my husband is there. We are seated just like the way the two of us are seated here. So I'm sitting with my husband and Pastor is there. And my husband tells Pastor, we want to see you because um, I feel I have a call of God in my life. And I feel like God is calling me to go to Ongatarongai uh, to start a ministry. And I would like to be uh, nominated as one of the JCC pastors. Mm-hmm. I look at him like, what is this dude talking about? Yeah. Are you out of your mind? Uh-huh. Like, how do you talk about serious issues that I have no idea about? And then uh, the pastor asks, talks to us, gives us a bit of counseling, tells us ministry is hard. But he says, if you have heard from God, it's good. But uh, I think something tells him, maybe my look or something, my face, something is not okay. So he he looks at me and asks, have you guys agreed? Because we cannot nominate somebody to be a pastor or appoint if the two of you have not agreed. Yeah. So I look at him and I want to say we have not agreed. But, uh, you know, as an African woman, you always cover up your husband, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh And I don't want to disappoint him, you know, and I say, yes. Mm -hmm. Of course, I say we will fix this after this. Right. So I say, I I tell him, yes, Mm -hmm. Uh, though we have not, I'm hearing it for the first time. Yeah. So we go out, of course, it was a a bit of a fight. Uh, Okay, not a physical fight, but you you understand. An argument, yes. An argument, that's the right word. Mm-hmm. And he says, but you've talked to the man of God. You've said, um, we have agreed. Yes. So you want us to go back and tell him we had not agreed. Yes. So I think it was blackmailing <laughs> me in a way. <laughs> so we go to to our bishop who officiated our wedding. I'm a bit free with him. I tell him, daddy, you know, this man need a bit of fixing. Mm-hmm. He has just fixed me on something that I'm not willing to. So we end up having a long talk. Uh, and uh, of course, he's corrected. I'm also corrected. And then I go back home. Remember, I'm going for paramilitary and I have time to think about it. And I I ask myself, this is what he wants. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to affect me as a person. Yeah. But I think uh, we should always support our spouses mm-hmm. when we can and where we can. Okay. So I examine what does it cost me to support him? Mm-hmm. And what is the worst I can do? at that particular time, what is, what is good for my marriage? Mm-hmm. So we talk and agree, I, and I agree that I'm going to support him. And uh, I go to paramilitary, and he does his groundwork, and that's how we ended up being okay. pastors. But for me, I was not a pastor, because remember, um, I'm, I, you know, I'm not automatically a pastor because he's a pastor. This is it true. has been a long journey for me, because accepting, uh, being able to also hear uh, what my spirit is telling me, mm-hmm. pray about it. So I was not an automatic pastor, but when I joined the church mm-hmm. now as a pastor's wife, yes, I come and I don't look like a pastor's wife. <laughs> Why you are? <laughs> and our church is very conservative. <laughs> but I am like... a jeans person. Ah. I am a mohawk person. Oh, so the first time I'm appearing in church, I have this mohawk. <laughs> And have dyed my hair. Yeah. And the first people who have come, they are women who are looking at me. Is this a pastor's wife? Do <laughs> yeah. you know? But this is the thing because it's one thing when your husband is a pastor. Yeah. You literally have no choice. No, but you to don't join the ministry because you can, you can't be. You know, you're either partying or whatever. You like you're you're literally there. You have to be in church 
every Sunday. Yeah. You have to be there. At the very least, there will be a women's ministry and they will be looking at you to, you know, officiate or guide. Actually, so, we didn't have a women ministry because uh -huh. this woman was not ready. Okay. <laughs> uh -huh. I, I wasn't ready mm -hmm. and it took time for me to process. And I was feeling like a failure. Uh -huh. I was feeling like I'm failing him. And mm -hmm. uh, sometimes he would really push me because there are things that he wants me to do. They close them all And I cannot do. Number one, yeah. I, I'm not a person who loved publicity. Now right. I'm different. Okay. That particular time, I wanted to be a very private person. Mm -hmm. you, when you become a pastor, you can't be private. Yeah. Then women would come with issues, marital issues, uh, issues to do with finances, mental issues, all these issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm there wondering. They are looking at me with the eyes. This is our mother. Mm. Kwanzaa was under 40. Ah. So Kwanzaa being called mom. You yeah. know, I'm, I come from the Pentecost where we have mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. I was really getting offended being called mom. Because mm -hmm. my name is Pauline. Yeah. Mom is not my name. Yeah. The, the least you can call me is, uh, you know, Mrs. Marabu. So they come here, mom. Some are older than me, mom. Mm. And I feel like I have nothing for them. Yeah. And at that particular time, I looked at the challenges they were going through. And uh, I said, because uh, I, I have a heart to help too. I felt that I needed to help these women, especially those who would come with financial issues. Because when you have become a pastor, you become a solve, you solve every problem. Yeah. People will come with financial problems. They expect not just to pray for them, but mm -hmm. to, to bail them out. Yeah. Yeah. And there's much more things that happen in churches mm -hmm. over the ties and whatever people talk about. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of sacrifices because for me, I could see the difference. Like my family, even the children paid the cost. Sometimes they will go without what they're supposed to, to have mm -hmm. so that we support the ministry. Yeah. So there was a lot of sacrifices from my family. And my husband being the generous he is, you won't come to his office and say you've slept hungry and just prays for you and tells you God bless you. No, he will ensure you have food. Okay. So I saw the, that even though I was not ready, I needed to step in for these women. And I, when I listened to their problem, it was social, financial, mental. Okay. And that's how I came into the ministry. I told God now, what do I do with these women? Mm -hmm. And I was, I, I was praying, then this idea of having a women ministry that went beyond the spiritual principle mm -hmm. came up. And that's how the Women of Inspired Destiny was uh, born. Mm -hmm. uh, we started, uh, this is our, we will be celebrating our third anniversary mm -hmm. this uh, June. Okay. So we came up, I came up... Uh, with this concept of a holistic woman who will be financially independent, yeah. who will be a good family woman, whether she's married or a single mother, whatever status, and a person who is not ashamed to say, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. I need help. Because there's a lot of uh, makeup in church, I will tell you for sure. There's yeah. a lot of yeah. veil. Yeah. We come you know, sounding strong, especially mm -hmm. the pastor's wives. Mm -hmm. My burden was so much on the pastor's wives who cannot share what they are going through. Yeah. Then you yeah. are like, oh, mm -hmm. this is from a pastor's wife. Yeah. 
So what we have been doing at the Women of Inspired Destiny is we come up with meetings, we organize meetings that are of different topics, that touch, touch uh, different aspects of life. We have had mental health, and we always go for the best. For example, we have had meetings with uh, Kendi Ashitiva. She's a, psych an, a renowned psychologist. Yes. We have had meetings of about uh, financial empowerment. With a kinal, there's a lady called uh, Apostle Angie Murenga, very good yes. with marketplace mm -hmm. gospel, for lack of better words. Right. Where she tells women, you, you don't have to, you don't just pray and expect God to provide. Mm -hmm. You pray and do something about it. Yeah. So if it means you sell onions, you'll go out there and sell onions. Mm -hmm. We have dealt with issues of family. We have dealt about issues on litigation. Mm -hmm. You don't know the issues that are in church mm -hmm. concerning litigation because mm -hmm. people don't talk about divorce in church. True. Pastors are being divorced every day. Mm -hmm. Leaders are being divorced every day. Mm -hmm. People are stuck in um, toxic marriage because they're in church. Yes. For us, we deal with those issues. <laughs> it may look a bit contra controversial, but we deal with those issues. Mm -hmm. We don't encourage somebody to die in their marriage because yeah. it's toxic. That is not the I God's idea of a marriage. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So that's Women of Inspired Destiny. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so with that, I felt confident now to be a pastor. Right. So after, I think I was prayed for on our second anniversary, which was last year in June, when we were having our second conference, mm -hmm. then I ended up now being a pastor. Right. Yeah. Man, I mean, what an amazing story. <laughs> <laughs> so just my, my last question, yeah, before we wrap it up is, so now life is okay, you have absorbed the lessons, you're better able to navigate the daily ups and downs of everything that's going on in marriage, with business, with the ministry? Yes, life is good. Yeah. And um, one of the things I did not uh, mention, as a result of what we have gone through, we have been able to stand with so many young people. Yeah. There are people that we have literally paid, uh, supported them in the university, uh -huh. uh, linked them to people that can support them. Mm -hmm. The other day I had a young man graduating from a university in South Africa with master's degree in engineering. Mm -hmm. And this was a, is an orphan who would have dropped out of school. Right. And uh, I have literally lived with people in my house. My house is like a village. Uh -huh. I always have these people. And uh, together with my husband, we have mentored. We continue mentoring so many. I actually lost count of the people we have mentored. Yeah. We feel somebody needs to be there to yeah. stand with people who are going through problems. Mm -hmm. Your loyalty is measured when somebody is going through problems, yes, not when true. they are okay. Mm -hmm. When they are okay, we all want to hang with them. Yeah. When they're in that hole, mm -hmm. black hole, mm -hmm. that's when they test yeah. Are these people my friends? Yeah. Yeah. This is that that is such an inspiring message. So on that note, um, I think what I would encourage all of us to do is please use the um handles and email addresses that you see on the screen in case you would like to learn more about the JCC on Gatarongai branch, in case you would like to support the women of inspired destiny, in case you just want to speak to Pastor Pauline and hear words of encouragement, you know, and help her mentor some of these youths please feel free to use those handles. And in the meantime, we hope you have learned something extremely useful about learning from failure through this interview. See you next week for another one just like this one.